if some genie came up to me and said, look, you have two options. You're gonna go to sleep, you're gonna wake up, and you're gonna have a plane trip tomorrow. Option one, you arrive, everything's fine, nothing happened. And you end up living a really decent life. Nothing outrageously good, but just decent life for another 80 years. Second option, there'll be a plane crash and you're gonna suffer a lot. It's gonna take months to recover and you'll have a feeling that you're gonna die. But then after you recover, you're gonna appreciate every single moment like you've never appreciated it. You're gonna love people you love so much that you didn't even believe that it is possible. And you also will live for another 80 years. What do you choose? And I'm the type of crazy motherfucker who will say, give me the plane crash. Hey guys, welcome to this Fulfillionaire live interview that I'm doing here with Jimmy Narain, who is a Udemy instructor with over 126,000 students. He's been traveling full time around the world for eight years has an incredible online business, lots of knowledge, and has had his own fair share of money challenges through his life that we're gonna talk about, we're gonna share today. So to give you a little bit of information about this channel, I do three things. I do these vlogumentaries where I kinda take you along journeys of trying to change my own life, go through these 10 day challenges, whether it's around money, health. I also do these interviews where I wanna get this long form content from people that I really respect trust and think that you are going to want to hear from because they have amazing life experiences, not only to share the stories with you, but also the tools, the strategies they've learned along the way. And then the third thing is taking these beautiful snippets of information, making it really cinematic and beautiful so that if you're down on a Friday evening, you can just binge watch all these really beautiful guided meditations, guided exercises, and just thought provoking snippets from long form interviews or things that I just want to teach and share with you so that when you're sitting here on YouTube, you can really learn a lot, get really inspired, and, and hopefully be a happier person. Looking forward to this, man. It's gonna be amazing. Always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, thank you so much for the hospitality here. Absolutely. If you learn something very deeply, if you immerse yourself into one skill, it's gonna stay with you for the rest of your life. And that's when later on you can merge skills together to create new niches. Mm -hmm. So to give you an example, uh, language learning. I remember when I was 16, 17, my English was really bad. I mean, my accent was terrible and uh, I couldn't talk the way I talk now. I mean, far from that. If you ask me, hey, how's your holiday? Actually, uh, there was a question like this at, uh, at my school. Teacher asked me after, after summer, what did you do? And I remember I said something in the lines of, oh, uh, holiday, uh, very good. Uh, I, go, I go beach my parents, I swimming. Uh, Sonny, Sonny, and uh, I like a lot, very good. And that's how I was talking. And at some point I realized, okay, I wanna study in the UK. I wanna build businesses. I wanna travel the world. What is the first requirement? You knew that at 16? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How? So, so, but, but I know you're asking me questions. But here, but, but here. Can you back me up for a second? Okay. okay. <laughs> how did that happen at a 16 year old? Uh -huh. How did you know? So I always had a dream of traveling the world. For Why? some strange, maybe because my father came to Poland at the age of 18 to study medicine. He came from Guyana. So maybe I have it in my, in my DNA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know there's no such thing, but maybe, no, because, see, maybe because seeing my father, yeah. you know, seeing my father coming in, at the age, you have to have some guts to come to Poland in the communism, 
Knowing that you can't just go back and visit your family, you can't go on Skype. I mean, you're getting letters and you have to wait months for them. So my father told me that when he got a letter, he would clean the entire house. He would prepare himself a nice meal, sit down with a glass of wine, and then he would open very slowly and read it carefully. Because you get one letter maybe every couple of months, so you got to make the most of it. You got to derive as much pleasure and fulfillment from it, right? So... I've been observing that and uh, you know the amount of guts you need to have to pursue something like this maybe that's something that got stuck with me and I always felt like I wanted to explore different different countries I wanted to explore different cultures I would look at the map and I would literally stare at it and point it with my little finger at, at, at different places in the world just imagining that one day I'm gonna be an explorer but then on the flip side my teachers would tell me come on kid stop dreaming this is Poland right we had communism just a few years ago. Like, you can't just go and travel the world. Forget about his dream because you'll get disappointed. Um, try to finish school. Try to get to some half-decent university. Get a job. Maybe one day you're going to go on holiday. Right? So that's what I heard. But the thing is, so I had limiting beliefs and I felt lots of anxiety. I had low level of self-confidence. I used to be this type of person that if I wanted to talk to somebody, I, I felt extremely weirded out. Like I, I saw other kids and I wanted to connect with them. And as I'm about to go and talk to them, I feel this strange feeling in my stomach. Even talking about it now, I can feel some of it. You know, it brings back memories. I want to talk to them, but then I have this inner voice telling me, kid, you're not good enough. Why would they want to talk to you? Right? So I would turn around midway through, right? So they see I'm already approaching them. And then I turn around and I never say anything. So I had those situations. But at some point I started reading books. Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Dale Carnegie, all of those, you know, uh, say fathers of personal development. And I realized, wait a second, uh, there are so many people who have overcome the odds. Why not me? Why can't I build my own reality? And I realized, okay, I'm not living in a ghetto. I have my parents. I have really nice family, actually. We just don't have that much money and, you know, not that many opportunities. But, I mean, come on, for fuck's sake. There are people who have way harder situation in life and they still make it happen. So that's when I decided I just have to take things in my own hands and I have to build my own reality. That's when I got interested in lifestyle design. Basically, you know, rather than trying to go with the flow, you ask yourself, where do you want to be? And then you kind of go backwards and try to figure out, okay, if I want to be here... What do I need to do right now to get closer to that point? And yeah, that's when I realized, okay, if I want to study in the UK, if I want to travel the world, if I want to do all of those things, what do I need to do first? Learn English. I mean, without English, you cannot do anything. So I still vividly remember how I would write those huge lists of vocabulary, like 100, 200 words per list. My mom actually found them. So I have a bunch of those lists and I would just stare at them every night and I would just try to memorize vocabulary i don't time myself how fast can i memorize 50 words right 100 words and i did it every single day and then eventually i learned english so uh yeah wow. <laughs> yeah you studied english aggressively uh, right <laughs> yeah and then uh, you got to the point where you could speak like this and then at what point were you like okay now i learned english which means i have yeah. access to mm. all these places all these potential opportunities and you're like i'm gonna move to the uk and study right Okay, so this is interesting. So you said, and then you spoke like this. No, 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 it wasn't mm. that easy. So I started learning English like crazy, but I applied to British universities before I achieved that level of total fluency, right? I mean, I did very well on examinations, but 
one thing is doing well on exams another thing is going to the uk and hearing all types of different accents trying to understand what people are saying to you but i went to the uk anyway to study and i remember at the beginning was really tough i had a bit of this polish accent in me i was a bit slower because you know to process what people are saying you know british accent can be very tricky even for native speakers so it took me some time but the lesson is very simple you know you, you can't wait for the perfect moment Perfect moment will never come. So often people, whenever they want to start a business or learn a new language, learn any new skill, they are trying to achieve perfection before they start practicing. And I think it's the other way around. You have to start practicing so you achieve, well, you never achieve perfection, but you get close to perfection. So that's what I did. I, I went to the UK and I just embraced the opportunity, dive deep into this, you know, big, big, vast ocean and, uh, yeah, man, it changed my life. It changed my life. I remember I had situations on, on the first year at university where there were very uncomfortable opportunities showing up in my life. Like I went to this ISEC meetup one day and they said, hey, we are doing this uh, business conference. Who would like to go there as a representative of ISEC? And without thinking, I just raised my hand. And after I raised my hand, I started thinking to myself, wait a second, my English is not that good. I'm still a bit anxious. I'm de I definitely have self-esteem issues i have to pop <laughs> the dog is licking me i uh <laughs> I, I wonder if I, you can see that I, on the wide angle they uh, might be able to like yeah hopefully hopefully but um but I, I i thought i still have some anxiety issues i still have to pop myself up before going out in, into social uh why did i raise my hand but i think there's some deep desire just to pursue something greater um and yeah i went to that conference long story short met a bunch of business people who invited me to go to kilimanjaro with them to raise money for the charity and I didn't have the money to pay for that trip but they said don't worry like we're gonna help you with that just help us to raise the funds for the charity and next thing you know we climbed the mountain together in Tanzania so there what, are lots of stories how old are you I was I think 20 years old there are lots of stories like this but the point is always you you'll never be ready you'll never be ready whenever there's an opportunity you just have to say yes because the moment you start thinking too much the opportunity will be gone mm -hmm. right because back then, that specific meetup, when they asked, hey, who would like to be at that conference, a bunch of people raised their hands, like probably 20, 30 people raised their hands. The, the difference was that I was the first one to do it. They had a few seconds to think about it. I just did it, right? And, and that's what you have to do in life. Whenever there is an opportunity, psh, just go for it. Listen to your gut feeling. And if your instinct tells you this is the right thing, if you feel it, like people overthink, right? Very often subconsciously, you already know what you have to do. Deep inside, you have this feeling of, this is a hell yes. You, you, you go for it, you figure out the rest later on. 100%. You can resonate with this. 100%. You can resonate with this. And this is, a, <laughs> this is like a very, um, mm. this is a very specific skill mm -hmm. that people maybe have as children, maybe whittle away, hide a little bit as they become older, like adolescents, young adults. Sometimes it's it's there, but sometimes like I would say twenty two to twenty eight, uh -huh. this might you might get beaten up a lot by chasing these things yeah. because, uh, you know, from the age of like twelve to to like twenty two, like mm -hmm. end of college age, people are like chase your dreams, go after what you want. Yeah. When it comes down to paying the rent, and like <laughs> buying your own food, um, oh, yeah. it's a different situation, you know, where you do. Uh, get into these situations where your brain and figuring out how to pay for those things becomes super important mm -hmm. and your value in the community of like earth starts being established in at least Western culture 
by your ability to pay for things. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so much to get into. With oh, that. 100%. We could talk for like 10 that's hours. A, that's a we long may thing. do it. We may do it. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we will talk for 10 hours. Uh-huh. The question is, will it be filmed? <laughs> yeah. So with that in mind, uh-huh. this year in 2020, I started doing these 10-day challenges. Mm-hmm. And so I, in December, had a dad bod, like a hardcore dad bod that was building. And I've always been a fitness junkie. Yeah. And I, I saw a picture where I was like with the kids, with Tulin. And I had like a little bit of a belly. You could see uh, like muscle and I had like big shoulders and everything, uh, but I had like a belly going and I was really, we had been flying a lot, not, not a lot of sleep. Kids are punching me. We're in Airbnbs, we're in hotels, all these things mm-hmm. traveling. But I was just like, no, this is not happening. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna let this get to a point where it's hard to fix. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do two seconds of courage. I'm gonna create a group. I'm gonna start a thing, 10 day challenge, get my health completely back not to okay but to amazing which is happening by the way which happened i can see that i can see that and so january 10th i started the first 10 day challenge Mm -hmm. and it wasn't about being really intense or perfect with my health it was about taking habits and making them a regular thing for 10 days the four habits i chose were eat greens at every meal as many as possible some of that was like leafy greens some of it was cooked greens when i could Mm -hmm. get it and my life was pretty crazy. But in January, I created a vacuum scenario for myself mm-hmm. where it was like I was here in Santa Monica. The kids in Tulum were in New York. Uh, the two people that I live with here are incredibly healthy. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to just dedicate my whole life. Immersion, basically. Immersion, wow. absolutely. And I had massive success in those 10 days. It wasn't yeah. everywhere and, it, and exactly to the level I wanted it to be. So I decided to do February the same thing, another 10 days get the habits super dialed in and see how many habits I can carry over into consistency after the challenge. Yeah. Just finished the second challenge yesterday and now I'm like, okay, my health is not gonna get much better than it is now. I did a very good job. And so for March, I wanna do a 10 day challenge every month mm-hmm. for the entire year, maybe for the rest of my life. I find that having these not super intense, but focused periods of time on something very important and very inspiring for me to hold to. And so from March, I want to make that challenge about finances, about my money mindset, about creating income opportunities. And so I look at money through two lenses. Mm -hmm. The first Mm -hmm. lens is through my liquid, basically like how much money do you have? How much debt do you have? And the second one is what's your earning potential? Mm -hmm. Are you investing in your education? Are you investing in systems to make money? And adding to both of these things is what I'm interested in in March. I've got a few ideas of different habits that the whole group is going to be able to go through. I'm going to open it up to a public so anyone can come in and join the challenge with me, Uh keep each other accountable, inspire each other, share best practices, all of that jazz. What would your like one or two things be if you were to do a 10 day challenge around just improving either your money mindset, your earning potential, something you could do in 10 days. It's either uh, a habit that you start, or mm. uh, an intense practice that you can do for 10 days? One of the two things, either consistency or intensity focused. That is a very good question. By the way, congratulations on, on doing those challenges. I think this is amazing. Um, very good question. I do believe that very often in life, people are not conscious enough when they spend their money. And often what happens is that um, people oversimplify their spending. So. A lot is a lot and little is little, right? So if you can buy something for 20 bucks, that's that's not expensive. If you purchase something for a thousand bucks, that's a lot of money. So you should really 
think about it long and hard. But I feel like there is one element missing in most people's life. And I had this situation for many years. Still, still I struggle with this. I try to really change my mindset around it. Because often um, when you spend money, it's not about just spending. It's about what that, that expenditure will bring you. Right? So we talked before about AFIST, how I joined AFIST a few years ago. So AFIST cost that time, I think, around three, three and a half thousand dollars in Mykonos. Hotel was probably another one and a half, one and a half K flights, one grand. Like when you add everything up, six, seven, eight grand. And I remember when I was spending that money, I said to myself, oh, that, that's, that's a lot of money. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Um, but then I thought about the long-term potential, right? About not necessarily paying that amount of money for a couple of the event, but for the opportunity to open the doors to new possibilities. So I did that. I went in there. Actually, I got sick at AFES. So half of the AFES, I was sitting in my room. So, you know, people from the outside tell me, hey, man, you, you, you lost so much money. You wasted your cash because you couldn't attend most of the events. You were sick in your room. But that event opened so many new doors. I went to Tallinn later to meet up with Vision, other people. Then I went to Value, spoke there, met so many friends, yourself included. And that one situation, that one event, just opened doors to infinite possibilities. So it would be very easy at that time to say to myself, this is too expensive. There's no point of spending that. But I feel like that triggered so many opportunities that will, in long term, end up making me millions of dollars and friendships for a lifetime. So this is just one example, but I feel like it's important every single day when you spend money to be extremely conscious on what the money will bring you, what that expenditure will bring you exactly, right? Uh, it's a different thing to spend money on expensive shoes or spend a couple of hundred dollars on a virtual assistant, right? And I feel like people miss that difference. And we often get so overstimulated in today's world, you know, you go outside and there's stimuli everywhere, right? You're bombarded by ads, you know, people calling you, what's up, this, that, social media. We often don't take enough time to just stop, pause and reflect even for 10 seconds. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And I feel like if we were doing this more often with money, we would be making smarter choices where in short term, yes, you may be spending a bit more, but in long term, the money you're spending is working for you and bringing you so much more. C can you resonate with this? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I actually, let's back up into that story because wonderful, uh, wonderful thoughts when you went to AFEST mm. versus other events. So if someone is watching this and they're thinking like, okay, so if I can go generate an experience, like mm. spend my money on an experience rather than shoes. So say instead of buying uh, that pair of shoes, this pair of jeans, going out to this meal, I cook and eat in, learn how to do that well. So that dates, family time, whatever, I can save this amount of yeah. money, right? Yeah. But does every event you go to have that level of impact or was it that one in particular and how can people choose mm. these events wisely um so first question is just is every event that level of um let's call it fateful or does every event give you that level of value definitely not definitely not but i think there are two elements first of all well different events have different qualities but at the same time it's not about the event itself that much it's about what you make out of it Right? So you could go to an event and you can talk to the same people. You can be hiding in the corner. You can choose to remain in your comfort zone when a speaker needs a volunteer. You can choose to raise your hand or to keep sitting down. Right, So 
I feel like it's about what you make out of the event. But having said that, yes, you know, I feel like it is important to always assess the expenses you make in terms of, okay, let me close my eyes and go into the future and ask myself, how would I feel if I just finished this one event or experience and what it brought me versus what I spent on it? And just go through this thought experiment. I like to do it whenever I make a tough decision, especially in terms of traveling. I travel full-time for the last almost eight years. And I do experience paradox of choice. There are so many different opportunities. Even here, like we are sitting in LA right now. And I just told you guys that I, uh, I decided to ditch my flight. I'm supposed to fly out on, on, on Wednesday. I'm staying one week extra. Um, so there are many hard decisions to make when you travel. The dogs, it's not us, not our bellies. It's the dogs <laughs> playing in there. <laughs> so I feel like it is really important to close your eyes and visualize um, the outcome what's gonna happen as a result of you embracing some type of opportunity. Kind of like you fast forwarding in your mind to the future and as you're in the future, take a deep breath and ask yourself, how do I feel about what I've just done? And if it feels good, you go for it. If it doesn't feel good, then probably you shouldn't do it. <laughs> do you do that for every event? Yes. And you only do that after the event or before the event? Well, no, so I do this photo experiment before the event, before oh, okay. I make a decision. So you visualize going to the event. Yeah. You take time to really feel the answer, yeah. not think about it. I do both. I think and I feel. I like to start with thinking. I like to analyze pros and cons. I like to do it visually as well. So I put it on a list. Even staying here, I initially did it visually. I put down pros and cons list together. And then afterwards, as I look at it, well, I already have all the information I may need. So I can try to get more information, but you can never get enough information, right? So you'll never make a decision. You feel paralyzed, so at some point, I just decide to trust my gut feeling and uh, listen to this voice that comes from here. And so, if someone is, have you ever gone through a season of life where maybe you were disconnected from that voice that you feel? Uh, I did, most of my life actually. Mm. You know, most of my life I, I felt disconnected. I, um, I still remember situations, especially when I was younger, when I was a you know late teens, early twenties, when I made decisions based on social pressure. I mean, a very simple decision: studying in the UK, where the pinnacle for any student was to work for a company like Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan. Guess what? What what I did as an insecure kid who grew up in Poland, with limiting beliefs. Of course, I want that approval of the society, but not just that. I I want to make sure that I follow this desirable path, but also comfortable path that, that doesn't have any risk in it. Of course, I went and I worked for Goldman Sachs, but eventually I realized it wasn't for me. So I had those situations. I feel like everyone is on a journey, right? And to start trusting your intuition fully, you have to calibrate and that takes time, that takes mistakes. I always believe that mistakes are just a part of life that's necessary. Money has an extreme influence on our lives in many mm -hmm. different ways. Yeah. When I was younger, I, I fell into the belief category that money was not that important. I wanted to believe that money didn't have that much influence and I wanted to have a positive money mindset. And to me that meant don't think about money, don't put focus on it and it will just come to you. It's obviously not entirely true. It's not yeah. entirely false either. It's definitely, you won't be in, uh, and who, who really knows? I'm about to say a lot of things that make a lot of assumptions. This mm. could all be wrong. But when you think about money and you let it create pain in your life, the more you think about it, the less money you're gonna have. 
Yeah. Basically, if you're skiing and you're saying, I don't want to hit that tree, I don't want to hit that tree, I don't want to hit that tree, it's more likely that you're going to hit that tree because mm -hmm. you're looking, you're clearly focusing on that tree. Where if you're thinking, I want to carve this beautiful path here and go into this beautiful path with the skis, um, you're probably going to hit that path because you're thinking about how to hit that path and what that's going to feel like and look like. Mm -hmm. When you're on a date with someone, and you say, I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want to fuck this up. This is going to happen. It, it's, you're thinking about all the ways you could fuck it up. Yeah. Where if you think about how could I make this a 10 out of 10, an amazing experience, and you keep saying that, how do I make this a 10 out of 10? How do I make it even better? How do I get more fulfilled out of this experience? You're thinking about all the ways that could potentially happen. And so when I was younger, logging on to look at my bank account was a very painful experience. I never had debt. I was really careful about that because I had like trauma around having debt. So I was just like, I'm never going to have debt. Yeah. However, I never wanted to see the number. I only wanted to see it the day I got paid and I wanted to see mm -hmm. that number. Right. And yeah. when you're younger, I always say like, it's, it's a patience thing. Of course you don't have money when you're 19 years old, unless you come from a wealthy family or you're a closet genius and entrepreneurship of some kind. Outside of that, it's patience knowing that it's going to go up and I separate two types of knowledge, conceptual, you understand something, mm -hmm. and experiential, you've lived through that thing. These are very different things. So I understand that anyone in this position is only conceptually understanding this right now, and that's okay. But concepts can take you very far. So back me up to growing up before you were this famous Udemy instructor, before you had traveled the world for eight years, before you had this beautiful girlfriend that's a dance instructor, <laughs> before you've had all these amazing stories that you can tell us, before you were the guy that ran Growth Masters, did a trip to the Himalayas, before you did all of this amazing stuff, what was your parents' background with money? How did they talk about it? Wow. How did they talk about it? <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> oh, wow, that's a great question. That's a great question. So. It is great. It is very interesting because I think you'll be surprised by the answer. Both of my parents were medical doctors. So if you live in the US, I guess many people watching this are from the US. Um, you think in medical doctor, lots of money, right? Mercedes, big house, making it rain. Now in Poland, the situation was a little bit different. So my parents were doctors. Well, they were studying in the communism and they became doctors pretty much right after communism collapsed so they were making roughly 200 maybe 300 dollars per month as medical doctors so um, my father had a situation where every summer he would go to the UK to work for two three months at a time packing packing food at the airports and being a garbage man at some point just to make pounds so he could bring pounds to Poland and and build a family get a bigger house and not worry about money all the time so I grew up in an environment where when you think money, you think worrying. Like those two words are, are interconnected. It's almost like they are synonyms. Money, you have to worry about it because it's, it's, there's never enough of it. Um, so there was a lot of pain in my life associated with money. I never really believed that it was possible to, to make a lot of it. Uh, you know, see my parents being honest, hardworking people, being medical doctors really helping people to fight diseases and in some cases saving people's lives seeing them living in a small flat infested by cockroaches i mean this really fucks you up in a way so i remember that uh, when i was growing up i had all of those limiting beliefs and um, but at some point as i told you before i discovered personal development 
started reading books and I realized, well, I can either believe in this story or I can try to figure out how I can build my own reality. And I knew that if I want to build something bigger, then step number one is to leave this country and embrace opportunities in the West, right? And then eventually come back to Poland and, and uh, make something happen there. But my relationship with money was very negative from the beginning. And I think this is something that later on in life backfired. Um, you said you want to go very deep during this interview. Uh, so let's go deep. Let's talk about stuff we've never talked about before, right? I, I think this is, forget the cameras and just, just keep rolling. I had situations, you know, fa you know, fast forwarding a bunch of years um, to the point where I was already making really good money online, passive income, what everybody wants. Everybody keeps saying, oh, I just want to make passive income. So I had all of that. I was traveling around the world, not even checking my bank statement, just using my card for everything because I know lots of cash is coming yep, in. Yep. And uh, I got to the point of overcompensation and overspending and just doing dumb shit, just making dumb decisions, um, drinking too much, partying too much. Basically forget about all of the things that got me to that place of freedom um, in the first place, right? So what got me there was devotion, determination, working hard, always trying to contribute. And then at some point when I accomplish financial freedom, I just started sabotaging myself as simple as that spending too much doing like doing really bad things. And I spent a lot of, a lot of my money, I actually wasted a lot of money. And as I've been going through that situation later on in my life, I realized that it's just something that I learned as I was a kid, right? That when you have money, you spend it. Right? Like, first of all, there's never enough, but when you make some money, you just, you have to spend it. You have to spend it. So I think I, um, I learned this strange belief that, um, doesn't matter how much I make, I have to get rid of it. I'm just very happy that I realized that a few years ago, uh, cause otherwise I would be broke. Right. <laughs> I realized it on time, but, but yeah, man, this is my journey. It's been, uh, it's been a wild roller coaster. So tell me about, <clears throat> This is gonna get intense for you, so yeah. Just, that, just purposely, I could. I wanted to talk a bit more, but I, I could sense once again that you want to ask me something, and I'm like, so many questions all right. That I have. <laughs> so, what was the moment mm. where you had the self-realization, the self-acceptance mm. that you were making significant mistakes that were gonna lead to potentially bad things for you? Okay. This is something I, I'm not sure if I ever talked about on a video. Um, okay, very distinct moment. So I was in Thailand, Bangkok, right, specifically. I was dating this supermodel. <laughs> no, she's too, I'm not gonna mention the name. Okay. But she was a bit crazy. Like, I was in a crazy environment, really crazy environment. Um, models, gangsters, strange, strange mixture, strange cocktail of a variety of people. And at some point I got to the situation where I was just partying too much. I was drinking way too much. I was making bad decisions and, um, and it cost me my health at some point. I, I had a situation where it cost me my health. I, uh, got into the wrong circle. I remember I, I had a few street fights, uh, you know, people try to steal something from me. Normally when you see that you're outnumbered, well, you give your wallet away, but not when you're drunk and when you know you're on the wrong path you fight back without thinking bad things happen without going 
too much into detail. Some of the things shouldn't be shared, I believe, in front of the camera. But uh, but that got me thinking. That got me realize that uh, I'm just sabotaging myself to the point where if I don't stop, I'm just gonna fuck up my entire life. You know. And I never forget. I uh, actually flew to the U.S. I flew to California. I drove through California into San Francisco, and then I flew to Hawaii. And after a string of really bad decisions, uh, that just very dangerous, right? Like I, I was this close from like ruin, like really fucking my life up. What explain um, uh, what I mean, decisions? I mean, decisions of yeah, like engaging in a street fight where if somebody's trying to steal from you and then not realizing they have a knife, right? Like those types of things. So at some point, I I decided to go to Hawaii by myself, and I did this quest of just hiking by myself for days and days and days, embracing introspection, thinking about all the mistakes I've made in my life and where I want my life to be, realizing that the reason I started my journey of teaching people online on the first place is not because I want to make money, but because I want to deliver value to people. Like that's what matters. You know, my mission is to change lives of millions of people. Simple as that. I know how it feels to, how debilitating I should say it feels to lack confidence, self-esteem, have anxiety, right? Every time you want to leave your house to meet someone, you have this weird anxiety in your stomach because you feel like you are not good enough and you're afraid you're going to lose your composure in front of people because you have a lot of baggage. I know how it feels. So my mission was always to help millions, not thousands, millions of people to, to destroy those limiting beliefs, to gain confidence. And I forgot about that mission at some point, right? As I engage in those self-destructive behavior. And, uh, and when I was in Hawaii, I realized, wait a second, um, it's about that mission and believing in it and making the most of it and, and trying to do my best to bring value to people that brought me money on the first place, right? So when I recalibrated and I got back into that mission, right, being fully present and focused on what I want to contribute to this planet, that's when I started turning my life around. So after Hawaii, I flew to Bali and I never forget, you know, the situation. I went to the party and... Uh, Finishing a crazy party, two, three in the morning, coming out. And you know, in Bali, you've been there, so you know, all the taxi drivers, when they see a drunk person, they just come up, hey, taxi, taxi, they offer you drugs, they offer you all types of things. Nobody came up to me. I just walked out of the club, La Favela Club, never forget. And I was just casually strolling, crowd of people, nobody asked me anything. Nobody asked me, do you want any drugs? Nobody asked me, do you want to go to after party? Do you want to take a tag? Nobody asked me anything. They left me alone because they saw a guy who is present, a guy who is not intoxicated, guy who is, you know, in his power. And that got me thinking. And then the feeling of I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to feel amazing. And I haven't made any dumb decisions. That was just beautiful. And that changed the course of my life. And after that, I actually did this challenge. I don't think I ever told you, but I did this one challenge where I stopped drinking alcohol for one year, like zero zero alcohol and I did it because I was curious how I'm gonna feel I wanted to kind of reset my body and it was one of the most impactful things I've ever done in my life right so um, I think sometimes in life you need to hit tremendous crisis to turn your life around like you need to hit that point you see like <laughs> I always joke with my friends that the worst thing that can happen to you if you want to be an entrepreneur is to have a job that's pretty decent but doesn't really fulfill you so it brings you just enough money, just enough money so you can have a nice flat and go on holiday, you know, a couple of times a year. But that's it, right? 
Like that's the worst thing that can happen because the frustration level is not high enough to propel you to, to build something bigger and you get stuck in that job, right? So I feel like often in life, some of the biggest adversity uh, is our biggest opportunity if we, if we allow it to be. So for me, that situation, like that streak of events for months and months of being the playboy, being the, the party guy, I think that had to happen for me to get back on track and and just realize what my true mission is, you know? Fuck, I never shared this on, I, I don't mm. think I ever shared this on. A... This is juicy. So let me ask you, this is awesome. I'm loving this. This is great. This yeah. is great. So, I'm not sure names by accident. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, how how close to complete destruction did you get with the money situation? With the money situation, did you get into debt, or did you just get really low on cash? It wasn't that. It wasn't that I got into tremendous debt. It was that when you look at the amount of money I was making. I should be having much more on my account. I should be embracing all types of opportunities. I should be investing. I should be spending money on events like, for example, yeah, like like AFIST or Mavericks or one of those events, right? I shouldn't be just splashing my cash at parties. That, that's what I got into. But, but the question is why I got myself into this destructive behavior in the first place. And I, I, I really believe after doing a lot of deep work, doing you know, psychedelics, like going really deep, lots of meditation. I realized that probably the reason I got myself in that situation was because I still had those old patterns from the childhood and I still vividly remembered those times when I didn't feel good enough. I felt I was being judged. I remember the times when, you know, kids back in Poland at school would look at me and tell me, hey, uh, why are you here? Your name is Jimmy. Your father is a foreigner. What the fuck are you doing here? Like I experienced a bit of racism in Poland, actually. So um, I had I had you know some tough situations, and I feel like I always felt this need to prove to the world that I'm better than they think I am, right? So when you grow up like this and you never have any money, and then you end up in corporate and you start making some money, but then you decide to quit, and then from making decent money and working for a company like, for example, Goldman Sachs or Allianz and having that prestige that comes with it, you end up being this beginner entrepreneur with no cash on your bank account. And at some point, you can't even take your girlfriend for dinner because you cannot afford it. It fucking stinks. And you have thoughts of maybe I made a wrong decision. Maybe I should go back to corporate because that's easy. Well, when you go through all of that and then suddenly things start working out for you and you start getting big paychecks every month, you know, just by just by selling the products that you've already created passively, right? So you have other people selling them for you. It's easy to overcompensate. It's easy to almost have this feeling of, okay, now is the time to show to the world that I'm a valuable person. And um, we can do it in a variety of ways, right? Like for me, that time it was just very destructive. It was just being the guy who buys shots for everyone in a bar. I remember I went to Vegas one time with my friend Kasparas. <laughs> no surname to be mentioned here, but Kasparas, <laughs> if, if you're watching this, it was <laughs> it was pretty crazy time. But I remember we were, I think it was Wynn Hotel. No, Drake, Drake Club. Yeah, I even remember Drake Club. We were by the bar and we just met a bunch of strangers. And I started buying shots for everyone. And each shot there was like, I think 40 boxes. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And I checked my statement the next day and I realized I spent like like 
huge thousands and thousands of dollars on alcohol, just buying alcohol for people. And then I ask myself, why did I do that? Why would you buy shots for strangers? It's one thing is to be a multimillionaire, you know, just feeling good and celebrating life. But another thing is being in this destructive spiral where you are buying things for strangers because you want to feel good inside that, hey, I'm the baller now. For most of my life, I was the poor kid. And now look at me. I'm the guy with the money. So, I, I, yeah, I, I realized that this was the, the root cause of all my destructive behavior. And that's why I feel like when we talk about money, it's easy to talk about all the tricks. It's easy to talk about how to invest and how to save and all of those, those cool, juicy things. But I think the most important thing is to embrace introspection, to go deep within and ask yourself, what are my demons? Like anybody who's watching this, like pretty much everyone who's watching this, you guys have some demons. I had mine. I still have my demons. You have your demons. We all have them. It is really important just to embrace it and sit down and go deep and ask yourself, what is holding me back? What are some of the traumas I have around money? Because the sooner you can resolve them, the better. Otherwise, you may get into a situation where you become very successful and then you lose it all. So I am very grateful for all of those situations that happened to me, even though they're painful, you know, I did some investments as well. I made a lot. I lost a lot. I'm grateful for all of those situations because they teach you so much about yourself. And at least now, I can tell you with total confidence right now that um, if in the next few years I manage to accumulate huge wealth, I'm not going to get rid of it. I'm, I'm going to keep it and I'm going to multiply it because of the lessons I experienced, right? I don't remember who said it. I guess a bunch of entrepreneurs said it at the same time, but... There's this concept of, hey, it's good to get broke before you turn 30 years old. Like, it's a great thing. And I had that. I've been broke before. I, I slept on my friend's couch. Francisco, greetings from LA. Yeah, I, I slept on friend's couches. I, uh, I told you some stories. I traveled on 200 euros for three weeks. I did a bunch of things because I didn't have cash. I was broke. And um, yeah, you learn so much from those experiences. But if you can prevent those situations from happening early on, you got to do it, right? <laughs> can you relate, by the way? Can you resonate with this story in any way? A hundred percent in yeah. so many ways. Tell and me, so, I'm curious. Well, what I'm thinking, my takeaway so far, if I could give them something that I think I'm inspired now from hearing this story to do and something I've done before, but maybe to make it a little more 10-day challenging, Mm -hmm. is uh, the mindfulness of money is what you're really teaching right now. And so there's an exercise that kind of developed as you were talking mm -hmm. where the first part of the exercise might be get into a state of extreme gratitude and presence. So mm -hmm. like you said, you went to Hawaii and hiked for several days to think about the things you had failed in in life yeah. or all the different things you wanted to change, right? And maybe started visualizing the future that you wanted and why you wanted that future. So I'm already thinking, okay, can I go and take a walk in nature? Can I go take a run, a hike, something like that on maybe day zero, the day before I start my 10 day challenge and maybe before they do. And can I go bring a notepad with me, bring a journal, bring a voice recorder, yeah. whatever feels comfortable for me. I know you like voice recorders. <laughs> and can I sit there and dream up what the future of money is gonna look like for me? That doesn't mean I need to be a billionaire. It just means how do I wanna live how do I want to treat money? What's the relationship I want to have with money? Take some time, really think about that. 
and then start saying like, how am I not doing that right now? What are the habits that I currently have that aren't serving like that vision that I want? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's two things. It's how am I spending it poorly? How am I spending it well? And then how can I earn more? How can I increase the earning potential mm-hmm. and then harmonize this spending and saving? Right. Mm-hmm. And whatever that means to me, does that sound like something that would benefit? hundred percent. I feel like uh, as you were talking about it, I thought about gym and nutrition, right? As you're trying to, and I know you've done those challenges before, right? Uh, of trying to get really into top shape. So as you know, like I've been working out forever. I do all types of different things. And one thing I know is that, um, there's no right and wrong. There are many, many articles out there. Hey, I'm going to share with you free top ways, the only ways that will help you to, to be fit. No, there are many different ways. There are so many different avenues you could, you could embrace. So you got to figure out what's good for you. And, um, I feel like it just like with health, nutrition, you know, physical fitness, you got to try different things and not just try them blindly and then just keep going forward. But then you have to pause and reflect and ask yourself, okay, I did those strength workouts over the last two weeks. How does my body feel? What results am I getting? How would I juxtapose it to me doing kickboxing for two weeks, right? And you're learning what your body needs. And then you keep recalibrating till you get to the point where you can be fully intuitive and you open the fridge and you know exactly how you're going to combine different food products without thinking about it because you know what, what your body craves. I think with money, it's exactly the same thing. So I like your exercise. I think it's important to have more mindfulness because I mean, when you really think about it, so many things revolve around money. I mean, really, like you want to travel more. Well, guess what? You have to have the money. You want to build a bigger company. You got to hire people. Money, right? So um, money is hugely important. We tend to underestimate the importance of money. Many of us have traumas around money, especially asking for money. If you're watching this, if you're a coach or consultant, asking somebody for a higher fee, holy shit. Get out of here. No way, right? It's tricky because you almost feel like, wow, you're pressuring somebody. So we we all have that. And the trick is to figure out what are your demons? What are your demons? For example, myself, I realized something and, and it's quite interesting. At some point of my life, and I think I still have it to some extent. I, If we want to go deep and embrace full vulnerability, I, mean, I still think I experienced this a little bit to inspire you to open up even more about whatever you're about to say. You had asked me, like, do I relate to that story? Mm-hmm. I was making between, let's say, 80 and 100,000 US a year mm-hmm. at this point. And uh, tax-wise, like, doing pretty well. Like, I, I was able to get some expenses taken care of and whatnot. So yeah. I was keeping a good amount of that money. And I had some side gigs that were like cash, uh, some side gigs that were checks, you know, that were direct. And I was able to run that through a business account. I mean, I was doing so well for a 25 year old in my eyes. And I had $400 in my bank account. Holy shit. Yes. I didn't have any debt, but I had $400 and my monthly expenses were about 2,500. And this was in January of 2015. Uh-huh. So not really that long no, ago, no, no, no. not long before yeah. I met you, two years, two mm-hmm. and a half years before I met you. Mm-hmm. And so this was the fourth time that this had happened to me. And I had consistently continued to make more money and this just kept happening. How I come? Kept, I, kept, how, how? I kept spending everything. And uh. I didn't even know what I was spending it on, to be honest. Like it was just disappearing to my eyes. And I was so unconscious around my spending at that mm-hmm. point. 
I was just living. I was like, I just want to have a great life. I want to have the things that I want and I'm making a lot and I can make more. I was 100% commission sales from the age of 20 to, to now, really, right? Yeah. And so it was just, if I needed more stuff, I worked more. And that was all it was. I got smarter, I charged higher rates, and I had lots of good money beliefs that were building. I had lots of great clients that were, you know, multi, multi-millionaires. And at this point, I was just getting into like the, the upper million and even the billionaire point where I was taking on clients at that level. And they were constantly feeding me knowledge. So I had this beautiful, like my earning potential was going through the roof because I was gaining all this knowledge and mindset, but I was also spending as if I was going to become them. Right. Yeah. And they were inspiring <laughs> me. To, and so it was a, this double edged sword. Oh, now the yeah. thing I would, uh-huh. I would encourage people to know is that yes, my earning potential was going up. Mm. It was not necessarily a mistake to get to this point. It was just a part of the journey that was necessary, like you said, mm. to have an experience around this. Conceptually knowing that you could be broke and then having a brand new girlfriend at this point in time and having $400 and having 2500 in expenses, knowing that I'm, I'm going to make that money. It was like January 4th and I was going to get paid and it was going to cover it. But I was mm. like, how have I not saved anything? I haven't invested anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I just had a, a meltdown. And I kid you not, on May 1st, I left my corporate job and I had $2,000 wow. to my name in my, in my bank account. And I left my job with zero plan on how to make money. No confirmed customers, mm. nothing. I was still 100% commission sales at the job, but they at least fed me customers and I had a place to work out of that I didn't have to worry about like paying extra rent. They just took of what I made, right? Yeah. Now I had to figure it out. And I did it because that day when I freaked out, I curled up in the fetal position and cried for five hours. Mm. Total meltdown. I mean, to the point where it's like, you're crying so hard that your face is swollen. And I thought like, I might be need, I might need to go to an insane asylum or something of that equivalent. Wow. Like I was crying and, and stressing. And as I was in it, I knew like, I'm a very centered person. I even was back then. I was a, I, I was a right hand man of a motivational speaker for like a year and a half when I was 18. Mm. So I had lots of strategies and tools to deal with stress. Too many, maybe. To the extent that when I was crying, I was like, I can get over this and accept this and be happy right now, but I'm not gonna let that happen. Mm. I'm not gonna let myself be okay with this again. This is the fourth time. I'm gonna commit to being upset and frustrated and angry at myself so that this changes. And I'm gonna push, (laughs) I'm gonna push that demon so hard to create this stress in myself so that this does not happen again. And that's why I let myself go for five hours. I let myself experience the depths of the sadness, the depression, Mm -hmm. the anger for months after this. Mm -hmm. And then when I left that job, I left knowing I was never going to change. I, from that day, I started whittling away my hours to the point I was working maybe 20 hours a week when they required you to work 40. And I was like, well, if they fire me, they fire me. Right. And I still did better than a lot of the people there because I was learning how to be smarter with my time and taking more outside clients. Mm. And then May 1st, I left. Within a month, I get a phone call about helping start up a new company. I had never gotten a phone call about starting up companies, but something in the energy around me shifted. And that's what this became. This was the call. (laughs) Oh, really? Wow. This was the call. Nice. That was the prove it. Yeah. Started making a lot of money. Uh, a lot of money online. Didn't need to go anywhere. uh, Got a lot more very high level clients bawling, Mm. lonely as hell 
it was so lonely. I knew no one my age that I could hang out with, that I could relate to. Yeah. And that's when I bought the ticket to Barcelona. And I said, forget the money. I don't need the money. Uh -huh. I need excitement. I need friendship. I need connection in my life and I'll get the money later. I started traveling, built the online businesses even more, got it to the point where I could make its own money, started doing video work, and uh, here we are. Wow. So what was your, your experience? That's crazy, dude. Thank, thank you for sharing this. Wow, wow, it's interesting. I didn't know that part of the story, even though I feel like I know you pretty well. <sighs> nice. So uh, I relate to it so much, because when you said you were crying for five hours and you wanted to feel it, I resonate. I resonate with you 100%. Uh, good analogy is when you get on a stage, when you're afraid of, of getting there, often people say, no, just relax, like pretend you're not afraid, just like push the fear away. No, 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 you gotta first acknowledge the fear, you gotta bathe in it, you gotta forgive yourself for, for feeling fear, right? And that's when you reframe, you go, and you fucking kill it, right? But first things first. Um, so for me, uh, I realized at some point that I had this really bad limiting belief from my childhood of you got to like, so, so, so this is interesting because before I said I was spending too much, right? But then after spending too much, after that situation of getting myself in dangerous situations, I kind of flipped to the other side, which is weird, right? Yes, exactly. So I learned how not to spend money like crazy, but I got into this strange vibe of I just have to preserve and I have to like I always try to count my expenses and uh, if I'm booking a flight I have to make sure I find the cheapest flight possible and um, and I just don't want to get rid of money even if it's even if it's investing or even if it's paying somebody to work for me and helping to grow the business and that's destructive because really the only way to make more money is to well first of all provide more more value but also to have people working for you getting the resources that are necessary. If you have a shitty laptop and you want to be a coder, I mean, guess what? You may say, I don't want to spend three grand on a laptop. I mean, but use it for work. You need that to develop yourself further. So for me, that was a major limiting belief for, for some time, for yeah, probably a couple of years, um, where I wouldn't allow myself to invest. I wouldn't allow myself to, to spend money on anything. And uh, that's, an, that's like 180 degree you swung the pendulum the yep. exact opposite way yeah. and now you're trying to find the middle. Yeah, and but, but I'm grateful for it because now I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. I don't mind spending a lot of money on things that matter. I don't mind paying people good money for their, for their work. For example, many people try to hire VAs, virtual assistants, who are as cheap as possible. Finding those people who are willing to work for free, $4 per hour. I don't mind paying somebody 20 bucks per hour, 30 bucks per hour, if they can really deliver. Because I know the value that comes from it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to go to Win Hotel and blast five grand in a night just because I like the music and the crowd is cool, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I feel like you need those extremes in your life to, to learn. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> it's a good conversation we have. And it's, we've so, never talked about this. We've never talked about it. Just this. now little different cameras are rolling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so the important part for everyone watching this is to understand that it's okay if you are a crazy spender right now 
it's okay if you're a crazy saver right now. I went through the same thing. I didn't mention that. But for those two years after, mm. I didn't spend money on anything. Mm. I didn't take my girlfriend on dates. We didn't go traveling wow. anywhere. She didn't know I was making a lot of money. I just, I was in such a period of paralysis wow. that I was like, no, I'm not spending because I'm never going there again. Yeah. That was unhealthy. That was destructive. Right? It's like after a breakup, right? Somebody, break, somebody shatters your heart to a million pieces. You don't want to date. You just want to have fun. But you don't want to date. You don't want to engage yourself deep, deeply with another person because you're afraid. Now that you've swung the pendulum both mm. ways, as like closing thoughts mm. for this topic, what are the healthiest habits that you've built now mm. trying to find that middle ground that, that you think other people uh, could emulate to see if it works for them? Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is I have my grand vision and we talked about it in Canary Islands, right? Um, you got to have a vision. You got to know where you want to be three, five years from now. doesn't mean you have to know exactly which house you're going to live in and who's going to be your, your partner, but you have to at least paint a picture so you know the direction you're heading into, right? That's, that's what's the most important thing. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to get there, but at least you're heading the right direction. So uh, I feel like when you have that big vision, you know where you're heading, you know where you want to be then it's much easier to, to make the right decision. So nowadays, whenever I make a financial decision, I connect it to my mission and my vision for my life. So as we talked before about events, if I go to an event that's really expensive, maybe some inner circle crazy trip, I ask myself, how does it contribute to my, to my mission of helping millions of people around the world? What are the benefits of going there? What, what are the pros and cons? And then, after I analyze those, close my eyes, tap into the intuition, and make a decision. So that's what I do nowadays. And, um, and what you're saying when you say that is you close your eyes and you feel the internal feeling of like, is this something that I truly want yeah. or not? Yeah, so I'll give an example, right? Like, like analogy. Uh, yesterday I called my friend Flo from Barcelona. Well, he's German, uh, live in Barcelona now. And we talked about me staying longer here. And I'm like, hey bro, so, here are the options. I can either fly to Germany, see my girlfriend, go to Ukraine for dance festival, or I stay here, I fly to Barcelona, hang out with you for, for one evening, and then hit up Ukraine. And there are pros and cons, and, and he stops me, and he says, dude, 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 what do you feel? I'm like, well, when I think about it, I feel that if I, I said, no, no, bro, you thinking, you, you've been already doing enough thinking. You have your list. What do you feel? How does it make you feel to stay there? And I'm like, well, man, would be awesome. He said, bro, you just made a decision. That's it. Mm. Your subconscious already knew what is the right decision. So I feel like tapping into that is so important. Um, uh, I have a, a revelation right now that I think is going to be super valuable. Mm. Let me know if you agree and if they should think about this. When you are spending way too much, you're only feeling the answers when you're not spending it all and you're reserving everything that destructive side of the pendulum is you're thinking too mm. much and the middle ground is what you just described which is i'm thinking about it to make sure this isn't just like a rash decision mm. that it's not just a waste of things and it's not just too much excitement and then feeling the answer once you've said it, it's not necessarily a bad choice 
could do I feel like it's a good choice? Yeah, I like it. I so like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I resonate with this. And another example here, since we are filming, we are making a podcast now. And quite frankly, we are just gone with the flow. We didn't really know which direction we got to go into. I certainly didn't expect some of those questions here. But the fact is, we did our prep. We got into the right state. We did certain things to make sure that we can have a good high-level conversation here. But then once we did that, psh, we just let the universe take care of the rest as woo as it may sound, but it's true. So when I film my videos, for example, for my audience, I used to have situations when I was overthinking what I'm gonna say. So imagine there's a camera and let's say I wanna talk about productivity and I'm thinking, okay, in this video, I'm gonna share 80-20 principle. I'm gonna talk about 80-20. And I'm standing there getting ready and my guys are there. Okay, get, okay, man, three, two, one, go, bam. Let's get started. And I'm standing. All right, all right, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Hi, welcome to this video, and today I'm gonna talk to you about some of the most important productivity tools. And I realized, wait a second, this sounds so scripted, even though I'm not reading of any teleprompter, it just doesn't seem natural. And what I realized was that whenever I got stuck like this, I simply had to totally free up my mind. Like, almost imagine that I had a few shots of tequila, and I just talked to my friend, and as we start rolling the video, rather than building the tension, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Hey guys, what's going on? Hope you have an amazing day. So I'm gonna share with you a really, really powerful strategy you can use. And it's totally different when you talk like this. So yeah, I feel like this applies to many different realms of life. Not just making decisions about money, but making any decisions, making decisions about your relationship, making your business decisions. I feel like there's a certain degree of having to look into the facts and analyze the situation through the eyes of, you know, um, a a business person. But then at some point you just have to forget about that based on the information you have, tap into the the, the higher power, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, intuition, Mm -hmm. bam, and and just make your snap judgment. When you're learning how to make really great scrambled eggs for the first time, (laughs) okay, you watch a video, you look at a recipe, you copy the recipe several times, you do it 10 times to the T, exactly what they say. Every time it gets a little bit better, you get better at making these scrambled eggs, it starts to become more memory, muscle memory, intuitive memory of like, how, when do I put in the salt? When do I take it off the flame? When do I put it back on the flame? After you've done that 10, 15 times, you start playing with the recipe a little bit. You start adding your own flavor. Once you've done it a thousand times, now you are just, it's joyful. You're, you're playing with it so much. People are watching you. You can tell jokes while you're doing it. It's very fluid and very natural for you, right? And my thought is that in most things in life, at some point we need to follow a formula. You're a, what's, what's your horoscope? My horoscope? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gemini. You're a Gemini. At some point in yeah. life, you're like, I'm a Gemini. What could that mean about me? You learn about the Gemini characteristics. You're like, oh, that's like me. That's like me. That's not so much like me. It's not a set thing that you are just a Gemini. Yeah. What's your Myers-Briggs? What's your strengths finders? How do you experience trauma? When you're put under pressure, how do you act? All of these things become a piece of Jimmy, right? And so it's like at some point we need to learn these formulas and as you get more experienced, you just start to play with mm-hmm. all the ingredients, the alchemy of that formula and make your own formula. 100%. I, I fully agree. And I'm curious what you guys think watching this. Uh, make sure you post a comment and, and let us know what are your thoughts on this topic. Right? And what formulas have you created in your own life? 
What formulas did you follow? And then you came up with something amazing. Jimmy knew he wanted to travel the world. Jimmy knew he wanted to teach people. He wanted to share confidence techniques because it affected you so much in your mm -hmm. life and helped you so much. So you decided, I'm going to make a course about it on this platform called Udemy. Yeah. I'm going to put it up. People may pay for it. Maybe they won't. And 126,000 people later, and a lot of people paid for it. It's fantastic. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, Jimmy, thank you for coming. Thank you for answering all my crazy questions about money. I'm really looking forward to looking at this interview some more, listening to it some more, trying to take out some of these bits and pieces that were super valuable. Because when I was here, I was so present that now I just remember how we felt during the whole thing. Yeah. But some of the logistics <laughs> of what we explained, I'm like, oh, I really need to go back and take these little snippets out. I hope it was really beneficial for the audience and everything and for your audience. And I hope we get to get on here a lot more and talk about some of the other gardens of life that Rock Thomas talks about or the Fulfillionaire buckets that I talk about. And we can learn more from you in the future. 100% man, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I have to tell you, I feel like <laughs> whenever you do an interview with somebody and you feel the butterflies in your stomach, it is a good sign. And some of the questions you ask me, I mean, I didn't plan to talk about some of the stuff I talked about. And um, and I think I think it's really good just to authentically share whatever comes up. And quite frankly, it got me a little bit uncomfortable at times. I, you know, I'm talking about certain thing and part of my brain is whispering, what the fuck are you doing? That's a, that's a crazy story. Why are you talking about that? But hey, we are all humans and I feel like... Um, it's important to share not just the, the good, but also the bad, right? Because that's what we learned from. So hopefully this was valuable to anybody here. As I said before, any questions, let us know. And thank you so much for your time, man. Yep, thank as you. always, pleasure. <laughs>